This is the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, episode number six. Here we go. What's up, everyone? This is Blake and Peter, and welcome back to the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers aspiring leaders to identify, connect to, and advance on the path of leadership. Today, we're going to be diving into the topic of communication. And let's just be really clear, none of us are good at this. We suck. None of us, yeah, we do. We all suck at this. None of us do it well. No. We all have room for improvement. So, mm-hmm. Blake, why, why does good communication matter as a leader? It absolutely matters because if we are going to do anything in this world, we have to grow in the progress of becoming a good communicator. Like we have to progress on this. And and I say that because we all somehow kind of believe that we just naturally are good communicators because it makes sense in our own head. True. But we're horrible at it. We are bad at communication. And so I think one of the, it's like the whole, the first step is admitting it, right? Like this is it. This is that moment that like, hopefully the big why of even this episode is that we can help people to understand that and come to that place of admitting, I am a bad communicator. My name is Blake Bear and I'm a, I'm a bad communicator. Like we all need to be able to get to that place because when we're at that place, then we can change our mindset to start understanding that this is a progression. We don't just all of a sudden turn on uh, our good, good communicator toggle switch, we have to grow into that. So this is a, right. a lifelong journey, right? Just as love is a lifelong journey. Being a good communicator is a lifelong journey, but we have to start that process of becoming good communicators. Um, good communication, like quickly is really important too. Like we have to understand that we only get to that becoming a good, quick communicator by taking time to develop that communication. Right. We don't um, have to work into it. You have to. And because if you just respond quickly, right? Like, oh, hey, boom, this is the thing I'm telling you. And they don't understand it. And you walk away and you come back and they didn't understand it. And you have to re-explain it. And then you have to explain it differently. And then like all of a sudden, we just wasted so much time, so much energy, so much effort. In fact, we usually get frustrated with people because we think they're they're not listening or they're just trying to ruin my life by not doing it the way I asked for. But we, we're horrible communicators. So right. nine out of 10 times, that ain't the case. You're just really bad at communication. Um, and then we have like negative effects that could be small as something like missing an exit or it could be as massive as something as dying. Like we have so many uh, experiences and things in history that we've seen uh, that have shown where people literally died because someone had poor communication or didn't express something clearly. Well, like, are you're an electrician, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, that would be disastrous if someone failed to communicate something about a, uh, a panel being live or not being live or the type of electricity that's in there. I don't know anything about it. I'm not an electrician. So no, you're, you're right. I've heard so many stories in the electrical field where somebody, uh, 
didn't go through the right lockout tagout process, which is the ability of when you shut something off, locking it and putting a lock on it and then writing, do not energize someone's working on this and going through that whole thing uh, to have someone walk over and just flip a breaker because, hey, my receptacle's out or something like that. I'm going to flip this breaker and someone's working on something live and it's it's heartbreaking, but they just fry. And uh-huh. um, yeah, I mean, that's, that is a form of communication error, right? Um, I mean, the number one breakdown, I, and, and I know you feel this as a director of operations here, but the number one breakdown of processes is poor communication. Absolutely. Like it is, it is the nails to the chalkboard. Oh, when yeah. We have like so many people work so hard to make something line out or happen. Right. And then we don't communicate that there's been a change or we don't communicate that there needs to be something that happens. Yep. And it just takes one little miss of communication to destroy the whole process. Yep. And, and it, it makes us look so, so stupid too. It does. And it happens so often because so it is often. that number one reason for breakdown. Absolutely. And so like thinking about all this, like I think it's really important for us to know that our minds and our brains are trying to complete the communication process in the quickest and most efficient way. Okay. The brain yep. is so fascinating and I like it is in another life, I would have loved to have been a neuroscientist, like just studying the brain and all the things that it does. It's just so fascinating, but our brain is trying to use the least amount of energy period. Like it is trying to consume. It's trying to save our lives and our brain thinks that we're dying all the time. So it's like, no, I got so many calories. I need to conserve this. I need to do this. And our brain is doing whatever it can to save our lives. It is in life saving mode always. Okay. So with that being the case, even in communication, it feels like a, an attack on the body to have to use more effort than we need to use. Okay. And this is why when we don't use that effort later on, uh, when we do see that things didn't go the way it was planned, we our stress spikes so high because we're like, it was supposed to go this way and it didn't. And now I have to exude more energy. And, right. you know, so our brains are doing us justice by trying to do the thing the quickest as possible. But we don't at the same time. Right. So yeah. um, I think it's important to know that, that our brains are trying to help us by doing it quickly but that's, it's not quick. It's not quick to communicate quickly. It's quick to communicate efficiently. Okay. Mm. Um, I really don't. What's that? I said, that's a good distinction to to not necessarily quickly, but efficiently. I like that. Absolutely. I know there are people who would say like, there is a, um, like you can over communicate, you know, like, I don't believe that. I really don't. I don't believe there is any such thing as over communication. I just think that there is such a thing as too much communication, too many voices, too many things being yeah. said. I think there's an abundance of like bad information being spent, but I don't believe that we can over communicate something because you would have to understand and know what the other person, um, their capacity, their experiences, their knowledge, you would have to know all those things to over communicate something, right? True. So I think there's too much communication. And I, I think we see this, um, honestly, 
in the whole Titanic thing. Um, so no spoilers here. If you don't know about Titanic, uh, you haven't seen the movie. Um, I'm really sorry. This is a pretty old movie, guys, and a pretty old incident. So if you don't know about this right now, uh, probably going to have to spoil it a teeny bit. Uh, it sinks. It's an iceberg. It sinks. And uh, was supposed to be unsinkable. And it uh, was really sad, sad incident, okay? So the part that was um, where there was a lack of communication with this whole thing actually had to do with the ship's communicator back to land and back to other ships, okay? So, like, his last thing he Morse coded out, right, was said something like, weather delightful, right? Like, that was the last communication that was made. The absolute next communication that came said, come at once, have struck a berg. So the Titanic begins sending out all these distress signals, um, trying to get someone to come and take care of them. And so good communication. Hey, we've had an issue. We need someone to come out. But the problem was that there were so many other communications around the area happening, such as other ships sending signals to the Titanic, trying to confirm that something actually happened, that there was so much going on that their SOS please basically were lost in all the signals. So every time they oh, were wow. trying to send stuff, more stuff was coming in. So I absolutely believe that there is no such thing as overcommunication, but I do see they're having the ability to have way too much communication going on, okay? So I think it's important to like define those, signal those that overcommunication is not that there's a lot of communication happening. Overcommunication, um, is it, there really is no such thing because you can say things differently to make sure something lands for somebody else. Right. That makes sense. The other thing I think that kind of brings up too for me is that we're not really good at giving systematic instructions. When you're talking about over communicating, right? We're, and, and when people talk about too much communication, it's not giving in the right order or it may be all jumbled up. So really it's, I mean, giving systematic instructions is so helpful. There's a experiment. I, I'm, I'm sure probably a lot of people have seen the video or videos. There's multiple ones out there of this experiment, uh, in communication surrounding a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And now you're oh, probably yeah, thinking right in, uh, we did that in home ec. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah for us who actually went to, uh, not homeschooled. Hey, hey, listen here, little bitch. I did home ec too <laughs> in my home. Every day was home ec though. That's right. Every day was home ec. That's true. It's messing. I'm just messing. No, you're good. You're good. So the experiment they did was um, one person, you know, was actually tasked with the physical um, creating the sandwich, but they were to do it with the instructions of somebody else who wasn't doing the process. Like they were just giving the instructions. And what they found was there were some really funny results. Yeah. We make a lot of basic assumptions about making a peanut butter jelly sandwich because you're probably thinking right now too through the steps of doing it as we're talking about it. And you're thinking, well, how hard yeah. can it be? Well, when you think about it, you know, take the knife. Okay, where did I get the knife? <laughs> yeah, there's what no end knife. Of the knife. What's that? What end of the knife, right? Exactly. But, you know, I just said, take the knife. So some guys, some people would pick up the knife with the wrong end. Then they'd say, you know, get scoop out some jelly. Well, that, that's super non-definitive. We just scoop out whatever we want. We'll put it on the bread. Doesn't matter which side, how we do it. Nothing like that. You came out with these really messed up sandwiches. Um, and a lot of them weren't even sandwiches. They were just globs of food that ended up stuck together or stuck to people. It was just, 
it just proves that there's more to communicating mm-hmm. um, than just saying what needs to be done. Yeah. There's a lot that has to be uh, clarified or spelled out in how it should be done and what the steps are. Um, and really talking about like sp- specifics and um, the nuances and things of communication, there's so much more than just verbal. We, we like to think when we talk about communication, we think of verbal and written. Those are the two that come up the most often, but there's a lot more. The verbal, you know, we're talking about verbal right now. We're on verbal communication, the speak, the spoken word. There's also nonverbal, there's written, um, and then there's visualization. Those are the four pieces of communication. Um, and with, with that, um, one of the pieces I think, and Blake, you can probably talk to this a little bit more too, that that we don't really always bring into our thoughts of communication is the nonverbal aspect of things. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. But yet we pick it up on our like, like we can pick up the nuances, right? Yeah. Through communication, such as like seeing somebody's body language. Like how are they holding themselves? Are they slouched? Are they drooping around? Like, like even talking to them, are they looking at you? Mm-hmm. Are, are they engaging right there? with you or are they looking at their phone are they just kind of like every time they get a ding on their watch all of a sudden they pull their hand up and check it out or like are they engaging with you and maybe the answer is yes but there are like there are communication aspects of that too even rbf right resting bitch face like it's a real thing for some people and they mean nothing by it right our brains are trying to do something really quick and that is to come up with some conclusion so that we can protect ourselves, right? Yeah. So resting bitch face is like a personal affront to some people. It is. Yeah, I've, I've had that before where I've people have asked me, are you okay? Is there something wrong? And I say, no, I'm fine. I'm just concentrating or I'm just doing something else. Yeah, literally on this, uh, our prep for this today, I remember looking at you and be like, what's wrong, dude? Right. And you're like, nothing's wrong. I'm like, but you look pissed. I'm like, I'm, I'm not pissed. I'm working on something. Dang, leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> it's no big deal. I think I was moving my calendar. Yeah. Literally the most like non-relevant or not, not important thing it could be. Yeah. But I, you know, you, you created that story and it's right. easy for us. Our brains create that story in our minds. Yeah. And this, I mean, if we're talking about creating stories, one of the most dangerous places for communication for that is I believe text messages. Oh, good call. They're so dangerous. Would you count that as part of like written? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. hundred percent written. Um, why do you, why do you say text messages are dangerous? There is no way in any text message to convey your intentions. Emojis. Emojis don't. Come on, (laughs) dude. What are you talking about? (laughs) So emojis and V and memes are visual, right? So they're not necessarily written. They do. I think they do a little bit better at communicating that. Yeah, I do too. Um, But if you're just sending a text, um, you can't communicate your intention behind that. I can say something to you, Blake. Hey man, can't believe you're late again today. And you can see that my face, you can hear my intention. Like you understand I'm messing with you, yeah. but I can text you that same thing. And you're not going to hear that intonation behind my voice. You're not going to mm-hmm. see my face and know, Hey, it's just a joke. I'm just messing with you. You're really on time. I'm the one that's late. Yeah. Right. Oh, but in right. a text message, it comes across completely differently and it's oh, however yeah. you interpret it, not how I intended it. Oh, that's like, that's like the one letter response K. Oh, like, yeah. I, I'm telling you every time I see K, like I think someone's mad. I think they're frustrated. I think, and all they're doing is trying to be quick. 
Now, right. I feel like the letter O in front of that is not going to hurt and it's right. not going to take that much longer. Just throw it in there, please. <laughs> For the love of goodness. Okay. Is, is just as good. But True. K seems like whatever. Like, you're lucky I'm typing this letter right now to respond to you. That's what I it know. Feels like. I know when I get the letter K from my wife, I'm going to have some explaining to do yeah. later. Yeah, wrap shit up now. Let's go. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that um, kind of to that point too, of that, that single letter um, really the written word or visual, like visuals, like we were talking about with memes and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, um, I'm sure everybody's heard of the company Ikea um, and they, everybody knows their instructions are just pictures. And they suck. <laughs> I have, I know there are people who their entire job, their entire purpose in life is to build Ikea furniture for others. Right. And I want to find them and hire them Yeah, because they're a pain in the ass to build. Uh -huh. But they went through an experience with communication, poor communication, where they weren't calling out a specific safety feature in written words. They were just doing pictures and the, 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 the side effect of that was, was tragic. Children, several children lost their lives because of it, because of the way that these, uh, the, their furniture was not anchored properly because they just used pictures. Mm. Um, and that kind of shows the multi facets of communication that have to be presented out there. Like Blake was talking about earlier with the, um, over communication. You don't want to, you, you don't want to have incongruent voices. Um, but you do need to have more and more communication. Yeah. Um, and the last piece of communication, we're not going to spend a lot of time on. I just want to mention it. Visualization, um, pictures, um, things like that. Those those types of things can also communicate. Um, but for the purpose of what we're talking about here, we really want to focus on that. Uh, the verbal, nonverbal and the written. Um, sure. I, I do think another thing that we've got to know about communication, though, is um, is that we all assume other people's intentions. Yeah, like we're really good at just assuming I absolutely know what you meant by the letter K. <laughs> right. I absolutely know what you meant when you weren't looking at me and you were um, you just had that resting bitch face. Uh, I knew exactly what you were doing and you were dismissing what I was saying. You son of a gun. Like right. and yet you just told me I was just moving my calendar like, yeah, now I'm salty. <laughs> listening you jerk but no i'm just messing but the whole thing there like i'm assuming and creating a story um because i gotta fill in the gaps that's what our brain does is yeah. it fills in the gaps um but communication and this like this is so near and dear i've i've written about this um talked about this uh, this is a thing that anytime i see poor communication happening I, I always say this, and that is that communication is only true when you know how the other person received the information or message. That's so good. You, you've got to know how somebody else received it. It's not one-sided. Yeah, exactly. Like, otherwise, you won't get somebody to do anything. Or, and not that we get people to do things, but you won't get the result you want because you didn't take the time to make sure they understood, that they connected, like just completely understood what what your intent was yeah, or what you were trying to communicate but yeah the brain it's trying to use the absolute least amount of energy as possible like we've said right at the beginning like it's an energy saving device that's that's kind of its role but there is a part in our brain 
called the amygdala. The amygdala are these two little almond-shaped masses that are in our brain. They're basically there to function and like instantly warn you of danger. It's its, it's goal. So wow. you're uh, basically like you're walking down a path and all of a sudden a bear jumps out. Your amygdala is the response immediately. Like it's that communication. Okay. okay. So it's super powerful. It fires a quick signal, bypasses your neocortex, which is like the center of your brain for the real high level thinking. And it's basically just screaming, hey, trust me, run. Okay. Hey, trust me, do this. Hey, trust me, do this. Hey, trust me, you got a snake right underneath you. Hey, trust me, you need to turn now because that car is about to slam into you. Okay. So the amygdala, um, still staying on the same track that the brain's trying to use the least amount of energy, it's also joining the, the team saying, I'm here to save your life. Okay. It's that part of the brain that's there to save your life. Um, problem is that the amygdala sends the same signals when it picks up patterns in other people. Okay. Mm. Doesn't mean it's true. Doesn't mean it's right. always right what it picks up. But for example, RBF, my amygdala came up and it shot a quick signal that was like, oh, he doesn't really care what you're thinking right now. Right. And, and I, by the way, I'm playing off that. I'm totally joking. No, I know um, you're good. But, <laughs> but like, that's the signal that's popping up and that's the amygdala causing and drawing a conclusion real quick about why people have done something, why, why they do anything, why that person who cut me off on the road, oh man, you know, they saw me and they said, I hate that dude right there. I'm going to pull in front of him and I'm going to ruin his day. And, or they're trying to get somewhere quickly or, and our amygdala is not that part. It's not thinking strategically. It's not a high level thinking place it is a quick signal that is just doing the work quickly trust me you need to jump trust me you need to turn trust me you need to stop it is that okay so that's great but it doesn't help when we're trying to communicate okay it's dangerous when we're trying to communicate yeah, absolutely so we've we've talked about these different things that are we've we've accepted we're all bad at communication so what do we do how do we take our next step forward at becoming good communicators? Yeah. You know, as, as we were like talking about during the prepping for this podcast, we kept like coming up with all these different things about what we can do. And it almost seemed overwhelming, um, oh, yeah. especially at first as we were doing all this. And I remember just being like, you know what, it's got to be simpler and all these things have got to kind of sit underneath that. And so I, I think that there are three things. I'm sure there are more, but I think really we got to slow down. Like the first thing, slow down and be intentional. The next thing is we got to ask questions. And the last one is we got to gain empathy. We have oh, to be so able good. to like understand uh, where someone else is in order to really communicate well with them. Yeah. So um, slow down, be intentional. I'm sure you have some experiences or some thoughts on that. So, we'll Oh yeah. Well, one thing that we, we like to say a lot, um, at our company is, is we talk about saying something seven times before it's heard, mm. communicating it seven times before. And this is important. I kind of gla glazed over it the first time, but before it's heard, not necessarily before it's accepted, but before it's heard for the first time. And that doesn't mean that we say those, that, that same thing, the same way, seven times. 
Mm. There are different styles of learning. People learn and hear things differently. Um, so mixing it up sometimes, but getting the same message across seven times before it's heard is so crucial um, for the slowdown. You can't yeah. just make one statement and assume that everybody's understood it moving forward. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it absolutely takes effort from everyone, from both sides. Like if you're having a communication um, issue with someone, it's not your fault. It's not their fault. It's both your fault. Okay. Yeah. Like I, we don't like thinking that way, <laughs> but the truth is in order to have good communication, it's going to take effort from both sides. Yeah. And some of that effort needs to go into you stopping and slowing down and listening better. Mm -hmm. Um, because we, I'm sure every one of us knows somebody like this and we've done it. We're thinking of our response. Mm. Somebody's talking and we're getting maybe 70% of what they're saying, but mm. our real focus is on how am I going to fix this? How am I going to yeah. you know, respond to this? How am I going to come with the next best answer to whatever this problem may be? And that's where we need to slow down and we need to listen because a lot of times we miss something that's being said. And then we're so focused on what we want to say. There's a massive breakdown in communication right there because we've missed something that they've said. Mm. Um, I'm going to slay his name, but Epic, Epictetus, Petus, Epictetus, um, said we have two ears and one mouth so we can listen twice as much as we speak. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. That's so good. It's oh, hard. And it's, it's, it's simple. Yep. Right. Like this is why, like you look at something or hear something like that, that like we got two ears and one mouth for a reason. Yep. Um, and it sounds simple enough to do, but it isn't, right? This is that whole common sense isn't always common action because mm -hmm. common action takes usually is, just takes more effort. And, yeah. um, oh, that's good, man. And, and it's so true because like when I think about people I really look up to as leaders and I study, like they are always known not for being some really good talker or fast paced person who uh, just is the constant speaker, they're always really good listeners. And they, when I talk to them too, and I ask them, I'm like, man, how do you, you're just such a good listener. How did you come to this place? They're always like, oh, I don't think I'm a good listener. I don't, I've never, like, I've always seen myself as being really quick to speak. I've always seen myself as mm. rash and responsive. And, and I think it's because they took the time over all the years to develop that. So yeah. a lot of times we're, we'll say, oh, I'm a horrible listener. I'm a horrible listener. And we act like that's an end result. Like that's the finish. I right. just am. And therefore I can't become anything else. No, nobody's good at communication. Nobody's good at listening, right? So stop. It's okay. Grow in it. Progress, not perfection. Grow in it. Yeah, absolutely. You said the second thing was to ask questions. Um, I mm. think with that a lot of times, and for me coming into um, an electrical field where I don't fully understand, mm. I've had to accept that sometimes I ask questions that seem stupid mm. and that's okay. Ask those questions if they're dumb, it doesn't matter. Um, get curious and be curious about what's being said. The more questions you ask, the more that the person you're speaking with is going to come up with those, those answers. You'll get more of a glimpse or, or more of a picture really of what they're trying to convey to you. I think this is something that, that I've learned from you, Blake, and I love hearing you say it, no matter how many times you say it, and it's humbling for me to remember it. 
you say, explain it to me like I'm three. Can yeah. you talk about that? Yeah. So I got this one from the great philosopher, Michael Scott, uh, off the oh, office. Michael Scott. Oh, I totally did. Like it, it was the episode <laughs> where, uh, if you watch the show, there's a surplus, um, in their, one of their funds or one in their budget. Mm -hmm. Um, and Oscar, the accountant trying to explain a surplus to him and he goes, okay, uh, tell me again, explain it to you here. And so he explains it much simpler to Michael. And then at the end, um, Michael's like, oh, okay, I get it. And then he was just kind of quiet and he froze his brown. He's like, explain it to me like I'm three. And it's just amazing. Like cold open. It's always a cold open, of course. Um, <laughs> but seriously, when he said it like that, I was like, that is such a good point and such a good yes. idea. Just to be like, like I, the other day, we were talking about uh, something in a finance meeting. And there was a number on some of the data that we were following, and I didn't understand the number. And I was like, hey, I don't understand what that is. And y'all kept being like, oh, it's this. It's like this. It's like this. And I'm like, I'm just not getting this. And finally, it was just like, you know, truth is, if this number is being followed, it's an important number. And I need to know what this number is about. Right. So that's when I was like, guys, I'm really sorry, but I'm a big dumb dumb. And I need you to explain this to me like I'm three. Show me how this number comes about so I can understand why. And you guys just had to take a different approach, right? You said it in different ways. It wasn't yeah. your fault. It was just, I just wasn't understanding it the way it was being said verbally. It, like I needed to see the visualization of how it was in order to understand that. So yeah, explain it to me like I'm three is a great question or a great thing to say in the question asking part of the uh, process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah. So you talk about one of the things that you said earlier when we were prepping for this really struck me. And I love it. Um, to engage in good communication, we must be engaging. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah, that one is, I think this is the one that will probably be ignored the most in the three mm -hmm. of slow down, be intentional, ask questions. Um, I think this will be the one that gets ignored the most because it takes a lot of effort. Um, but we have to be engaging with other people because, because you have to get to know how they see anything. Yeah. See, our perception of reality is completely partial to us. My perception of what the world is is completely partial to how I've seen things, my experiences, um, things I've done, places I've gone, people I've been in contact with. Yeah. My perception of reality is built on all of that. True. So if that's true, then and perception is our reality, then mm -hmm. the same is true for you or somebody right. else, which means you have your own experiences. You have your own things that make things that you do make sense. I don't think yeah. anybody ever does anything that doesn't make sense to them. Right. Right. Like it yeah. makes sense somehow. So I think we've just got to become really good students of humanity. Hmm. And you've got to get to know people's stories. You got to get to know people and how they think and why they think certain things. But that takes a ton of work and effort. It just does. And so you, you've basically got to dig into understanding their reality. And if you can't do that, you're not going to know why they do things and you're not going to get to know 
how you need to explain things to them, mm-hmm. right? Because there are so many different even learning yeah. styles and communication styles. And if we can't learn something about somebody else, then you're never going to be able to give a good enough explanation or communicate well to them. And, and, and this is more for like common communication, but I just believe it's it's a lot better to assume that the people you're communicating with have good intentions, okay? Mm-hmm. And try to understand their world and know the best path to communicate to them. Because the truth is, we're not always going to get to know everybody. We're not always mm-hmm. going to be able to dig in and know everything about everyone at every time. Right? True. Yeah. So I think it's just a lot better, maybe not in dangerous situations, to assume that everybody kind of has good intentions and it makes sense to them. Really, really important there. Um, I think also people love being valued. And when you get to know people though, and you dig into their world a little, it fares better and people will work together a lot better. So if you're trying to build your communication as a leader, I'm going to tell you, there's a great story here. Okay. Uh, It's about Benjamin Disraeli. Okay. So this is a prime minister in the United Kingdom, uh, but he and another guy named William Gladstone were basically going at it to get the prime minister position, okay? Mm. Uh, So they were very different people. Gladstone was more of a like really, really smart dude who knew everything about everything. Brilliant, like super witty, had a ton of experiences. And so uh, one night at a dinner party, Uh, Winston Churchill's mother actually was there and she had such an interesting response when she met with both of the people. Okay. So Gladstone, who was all those things I told you, and then uh, Disraeli as well. And she said, um, I'm going to read this because it's just really powerful. She said that when I left the dining room after sitting next to Gladstone, I thought he was the cleverest man in England. But when I sat next to Disraeli, I left feeling like I was the cleverest woman. Okay, so oh, wow. yeah, it's super powerful. I love that about um, about him. Like his personality was just one that cared about other people. He dug into the the person. He kept the focus on the other person, and the communication that came out of that became unbelievable. Man, that's a great story. I love hearing that. This is we've talked about this a couple of times already in our prep before this. And I just, it's one of my favorite stories uh, about communication. Um, what's a good book you'd recommend? Is there anything that you, any resources that you've got, uh, mm-hmm. if people want to learn more about communication? Yeah, there's one by Andy Stanley called communicating for a change. And it's really like, it is a good, uh, layout more. It's more geared at like communicating from a stage or from a platform. Um, but when, I think also kind of his framework he uses works with common communication too and communicating ideas. And what he always says is tell them what they need to know, why they need to know it, what they need to do, why they need to do it and figure out how to make it stick. Okay. So like, as you're communicating something, even if it's a systematic, Hey, I need this done. A lot of times people just need to know why, why, why does that matter? Oh, okay. Why helps land the what? Okay. So then saying, here are the things you need to do. Here's why you need to do it. It's a fantastic book. He digs way more into it. And um, I, I kind of want to say it's para- like a parable type of book too, if I remember I right. So yeah, um, but really good book. Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
if we want to be good communicators, three steps, three things we need to work on is slow down our communication. We talked about um, <clears throat> making sure we're saying things seven times, right? At least before it's heard. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to look like a dummy. Don't be afraid to say, hey, like Michael Scott, tell me, explain it to me like I'm three. Um, and the most important part, I think, and the one that we all skip over because it's so hard is gain empathy. See it from their perspective. Take time to learn how they communicate and how they understand. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast. See you guys next week. Also, we'd like to thank our very own Luke Van Tress, a.k.a. Mr. Boxes, for our kick-ass original theme song. So let's all move with the sense of